Hey, this is Matt from Star Tours. You're listening to the Mousecapades podcast. This is James from Hollywood Studios, and you're listening to the Mousecapades podcast. This is Amanda from Disney Junior, and you're listening to the Mousecapades podcast. Hello, this is Natsumi from Disney's Arrow Animation. I'm listening to Mousecapades podcast. <laughs> Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at two tickets to paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Attic, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. You are listening to another episode of the Mousecapades podcast with Nick and Dave. I'm finally back for my vacation, Dave. You know, I took some time to Walt Disney World. I got back uh, uh, about a couple, or about a week ago now, um, and headed out to Myrtle Beach right after that. But uh, we were gone for a few weeks, and now we're back. It was a long way home. I'm glad to be back, uh, but it's not going to be long, listeners, because I'm heading out yet again for another two solid weeks. But I'll be heading out to Whiteman Air Force Base, uh, doing my duty for the country out there. Yes, I just said duty, and. Uh, I'll be, uh, you know, working with the B-2 stealth mission, so uh, I'll be back at it again. I have a loving wife uh, that <laughs> has been very, very nice to me this summer because I've been gone quite a bit. You know, being teachers, we're only off during the summertime, and uh, this is the only time we get, and uh, I have not been around, so um, she's a very loving wife. Um, let's see here. You must be in the doghouse, man, to have that uh, many no. compliments about Aaron. Yeah, by, by the way, if you haven't listened yet, uh, check us out on Behind the Magic. We did appear on the Behind the Magic podcast, and where I did a, basically a show recap of a previous show we've done, uh, grading my experience with the four keys to the kingdom at uh, Disney World and, and, and various areas around that area, and used their own grading system against them. And as teachers, we, we gave them a, a, a grade. Uh, so check that out. Uh, let's see here, Dave. You know, we had... Uh, the privilege to take over Tuesdays on, on two occasions. We, we took over two Tuesdays for Behind the Magic, so I did one, and yours is set to air next Tuesday on Behind the Magic, so don't forget to check that out. We talk about how Disneyland almost happened in St. Louis. We were just a signature away, one signature away of having a Disneyland in St. Louis back in uh, 1960-what, Dave? It was 1965. 
Uh, yeah, and, and Rachel and Zeke from Behind the Magic, thanks a lot. We just want to say thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. Uh, well, Dave, and this episode is very exciting because we're, we're trying out this app, and the viewers are listening right now and watching, called Periscope. And you got me hooked on this app, and boy, is my battery feeling the wrath of this app. It's <laughs> just drained every single day since we started uh yeah this is a very exciting episode the very for the very first time in mousecapades history we're periscoping take a breath brother give me a chance to talk no and in, in this episode by the way it's packed um it's going to be very thought-provoking uh doing my research this week uh i felt like neo from the movie the matrix because i wasn't really prepared uh for what was at the end of this rabbit hole dave i i just didn't see it coming it's very, it's a very dark rabbit hole, my friend. To be honest with you, uh, I ventured into the deepest and darkest corner in the Disney in Disney's closet, and I got to tell you, there are some skeletons in the Disney Company's closet. Just to give you a heads up. Yeah, and for those uh, of you out I, there that don't know, I'm here to prove Nick wrong on every single one of them. <laughs> well, that's good. We want that other view. No, I'm not saying. No, no, I'm not saying this is my interpretation or my yeah. opinions. This is just what the evidence suggests. Yeah, you didn't even tell me the other day that you don't believe in most of the stuff that you're going to present today. So uh, entertainment purposes only is what you said. To be honest with you, Dave, I was saddened and kind of depressed and just sickened in what I learned uh, this past week. Some of it that I'm going to bring to you listeners tonight cannot be mistaken at all or denied by Walt Disney and his company. Uh, it's, it's just going to smack you right in the face. Like you just stuck your head in an ice bucket, to be completely honest with you. Uh, that's how shocking this may be. Other fascinating things I discovered could be plausible, but it also very well could be dismissed. And we're going to get both sides today. I'll let you I'll let you guys decide, you know, what you think. So I just want to say uh, viewer discretion is advised. Go ahead and ask your parents first before you even start listening to the rest of the show, to be completely honest with you. So we like your uh, parental uh, parents permission to keep going on. But listeners, I just want to, I just want you to know that uh, what we're coming up with today and what I found it, it can be disturbing. Um, we're gonna connect all of this right now. Disney, masonry, uh, the Illuminati, Lucifer, satanic symbols, and coitus. Just to give you a heads up, and how that all has been wrapped up in subliminal messages and imagery, and, and how they they're all uncommon and they're all wrapped up with the happiest place on earth and the darker side of Disney. But first, let's get into some rumors, and uh, after that, we're going to get into some uh, some history. Rumors. This isn't really just a rumor, but you know, we did report on this a couple weeks ago. Selfie sticks. We all know that they're banned at the parks now. I was just at the park a couple weeks ago at the Magic Kingdom and all the other parks, and they, you know, we security was saying you couldn't bring them in, and that and that they were going to be banned, and that happened. You know, earlier we talked about uh, the whole uh, Hollywood Studios and how that was changing. And there's a lot of changes that are happening there. This past week, though, besides selfie sticks, there really hasn't been too much in, in the news, Dave. One item that we can go to here, uh, let's see here. Um, we talked about the price changes and how it seems like Disney is forcing the middle class out. And I explained last week how I can definitely relate to that being a school teacher. And if I didn't receive the travel agent discounts from two tickets to paradise travel or the military rate discounts on the, the hopper passes, there's no way I could stay seven days. And, you know, like like I did this past time at Disney World it just wouldn't happen. But uh, there really isn't much in the news. And I kind of just don't want to focus on the news right now because we have a lot more to talk about with the darker side of Disney. Um, a lot of stuff that I did find out this past week that just utterly shocked me and my wife, you know. But a lot of it can be dismissed, to be completely honest with you. And um, a lot of it's just your brain matrixing things and imagery and, and messages that really might not be there. But because you already think it's there, 
you see it, you know. So, but we'll get into some of that stuff, Dave. Hey, hold take. on. Before you take me away to this, I'd like to say yeah. a couple words. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't say anything, being an amateur uh, animator, that they're closing down the animation studio at That's Disney right. Hollywood That's right. I brought that to you two weeks ago. That was a rumor that I had heard through the cast members, just eavesdropping on a cast member, talking to another guest and another cast member. Yeah, we had heard a few weeks ago that uh, the animation courtyard would be shutting down, and that was just me eavesdropping on a conversation. I reported on it, and boosh, it, it actually is shutting down. So uh, we've been quite lucky uh, with the news that we, we have been reporting to you the last couple weeks, or excuse me, a couple months. It's come true, you know, and so uh, we have uh, good, reliable sources in various areas that we're getting this information from, and uh, it's all coming true. So we'll just keep that pipeline going. Dave, you, you want to share with us some history, so why don't you take us back? Time travelers, place all loose items in the pouch in front of you, fasten your seatbelt, and remain seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the time rover, and please watch children. Time travel commencing in T-minus 10 seconds and counting. Alright, this week in history for Disney starts off on July 8th, 2009. This was the date that they broke ground for the new Disney California Adventure Park. John Lasseter was the chief of this whole deal and on the day of the ceremony decided to be a little creative, not only break ground, but he decided to do a spray paint drawing of Lightning McQueen since they were going to be doing Cars Land with this refurb. Uh, and the whole park was going to be going through an undertaking. He decided to take advantage of that by drawing himself a Lightning McQueen with spray paint in the pavement. So this park is awesome. It, it was not before this date, so this, this marked a pretty significant uh, increase in interest to the public, I guess, for Disney California Adventure, and uh, I'm so glad they did it. Yeah, and that Cars Land uh, is coming to Walt Disney World, yep. which is kind of neat. We just don't know where yet. It, rumors are saying it's going to be in Hollywood Studios. But I've also heard a rumor Magic Kingdom. I don't see where they're going to have the space. But, uh, yeah, so pretty cool. So July 9th is our next one. 1982, taking them back to my childhood. This was the day that Tron premiered, the movie Tron. Uh, was this before your time? Oh, oh no, dude. Uh, no, I loved the movie Tron. Watched it as a kid religiously. I loved the new one. Uh, there was rumor that they were going to uh, create a second, not reboot, but a, a second sequel to the latest one. And I really hope that they do. So the, for those of you who don't know what the movie Tron was, 1982 was such a long time ago, it seems like, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Guy's a hacker. He works for a software company that apparently stole his, his, his ideas for new games and decides he's going to get them back. So he attempts to get them back, but in the process gets himself turned into data in, and put yep. inside of a computer, and he has to work with this other uh, program to find his way out of the computer. That's the whole premise of the movie. And um, they said that it that it was kind of a flop, although it says it here that it made $33 million. The guy that was the Disney CEO at the time, Ron Miller, was was labeled Tron Miller, kind of making fun of, of how he put all his eggs in that basket and it didn't turn out for them. Although, I'd like to have 33 mil myself. Uh, later they made the, the, not really a sequel, but they redid Tron here, and uh, I like that one almost even better than the first one. Oh, I totally did. Although the first one was groundbreaking because it was one of the first movies to actually put computer graphics into the into the movies. 
All right, going on. What do you got for us next? All right, we have July 10th, 1981. This was the premiere at theaters of the Fox and the Hound. This is my niece's favorite movie of all time. Every time my family gets together, uh, she wants to watch the Fox and the Hound for some reason, and, and I don't know why. It's okay. Not one of the one of the biggest classics that there is, but she loves it, so I'm reporting on it today because this was the day in 1981, July 10th of 81, when it actually came out where where two enemies, a fox and a hound, uh, decided to get together and be good friends. I'm a hound dog. Yeah, and, and it also marked kind of the, the second coming of animation for a lot of these bigger movies that come out just after it, you know, like Little Mermaid and things like that. Right. Got one more on there for you, July 11th of 91. That's a pretty, pretty important day in the history of Disney because uh, they decided to team up with a little-known company out of the uh, Bay Area called Pixar right? to start a partnership, and the original partnership was to make one movie together. And then we all know about Pixar now and how it's taken over the world, and uh, they created the series of Toy Story and Bugs Life, Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., The Incredibles, Cars, all of it. Uh, just probably one of the wisest moves for Disney to, to acquire Pixar, but this was the first step. This was not the, uh, the date they acquired them, but the date they, they decided to go into a partnership with them. Uh, just hi from the Netherlands. That's awesome. So we have listeners from the Netherlands listening Sweet. right now, Dave. Hey, Pretty cool. Up? What up? Um, and those are all the dates I have for this week in Disney history. All right. Thanks a lot, Dave. Uh, moving on, so let's get to today's topic. Uh, first off, I just want to say that Dave and I are both huge Disney fans. What we're going to bring up today isn't necessarily, it's not, it's not our view. Um, what's up, Chicago? Congratulations on winning the Stanley Cup, by the way. I know uh, some Blues fans might have some hard feelings, but I grew up loving the Hawks. Anywho, um, the people that listen to this podcast that aren't on Periscope right now are going to be so confused. About <laughs> I know, and by the way, yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, we are on Periscope, so it's a live podcast. So, yeah, go Hawks. Great team. Uh, Coach uh, Coach Q, though, man, kind of disrespectful at times uh, since he since he left our organization. But congrats. Anywho, um, yeah, sure thing. Tune in. Uh, but what we're going to talk about, we're both huge Disney fans. And um, I don't want you guys to think that we're bashing on Disney or giving them bad press or bad show, as, as Disney would call it. We're, we're not. This is other people's points of view and we're i just did a lot of research this past week and I, i'm bringing that uh into light so that's all i'm doing some of the stuff you cannot deny uh it's right there blatant disney put some things in there that shouldn't be there especially for children watching us being school teachers we can definitely relate and we both have young kids ourselves some of the stuff you just don't want in disney cartoons and you gotta ask yourself you know why did disney put that in there but uh some other stuff could actually can be dismissed so um, but let's get into some Masonic imagery or Masonic symbols that you can find in the movies and in the parks. Now, this was told, I was totally oblivious to all of this at the beginning of this week, Dave. When I got back from Myrtle Beach, I, I had this idea. You know, we've already done the dark side of Disney. We had Leonard Kinsey come on. Uh, we had Leonard Kinsey come on, who authored the book, The Dark Side of Disney. And we realized, hey, that's what people really want to hear. They want to hear the gossip and the dark side of Disney. 
And so um, that got a lot of re- good reviews. I got, got a, lot, a lot of downloads. So I figured, hey, let's do the darker side of Disney. And so I just started looking into some stuff. And uh, Masonic imagery throughout the park and throughout the cartoons. This is what I found. Now, a lot of this could be matrixed by your brain. Um, so why don't you tell us first what the Masons are? What, okay. Like, what what is their whole premise and, and background of that? Because I don't know much about it, and you did the research, so let's... Okay, so the Masons are basically just a secret organization, a secret club, just like Cross and Bones or whatever you want to call it. The knight, They were driv- derived from the Knights Templar. You know the Knights Templar. And when those when they were disbanded, uh, when the order was given to execute all of the Knights Templar because they'd become so popular and had controlled so much and had so much wealth, uh, they a lot of them were killed off, but a lot of them disbanded. And the theory or the belief is, uh, because you see a lot of the same symbols and a lot of the same rituals that uh, they derived or the uh, Masons derived, the Freemasons derived from the Knights Templar, as the story goes. So uh, are they people that are out looking for that power, or what is their whole purpose? Like, why are they why are they a group at all? Well, I, I, this is my own opinion. I think with any group, who cares? Let them, let them form their own club. When you form your own club, you network, and you develop relationships with people of power, and let's, let's come on now. Life's all about moving up in life, you know, and doing something better with your life. So why not join an organization with individuals who are in power that have prestigious positions and whatever it may be, government or whatnot, and be part of an organization? I think that's what it's really all about. So this could be the pioneer for Facebook if it's, it's all about networking. <laughs> could be, couldn't it? So did you know, Dave and listeners in Periscope, did you know that Walt was a 33rd degree Mason? And that's actual fact. Did you know that? I didn't. Okay, he was a Freemason um, with the Scottish Rite. All right, and there's pictures of him actually in his Mason um, outfit or costume. I don't know what you call uniform. He looks pretty dapper, I'll admit, with his creepy mustache. He, he, he looks pretty dapper with his cape. But, uh, yeah, he's, he was part of the Scottish Reich. He was a Mason himself. Um, and that played a huge role in his personality uh, in his cartoons as well. Uh, but first, let's start with Club 33. You've heard of Club 33, right, listeners? Now, I don't know if this is true, but there are some similarities. So Club 33. Why Club 33? 33-degree Mason? Who knows? Um, uh, the official explanation is the address on the building, and then there's another explanation is that there were 33 sponsors for Disneyland when it was up and running that they needed to keep that park successful. So those are the two uh, most popular stories that I've heard going around about the Club 33. Thank you. And it makes sense. I mean, without that, without those 33 sponsors, we probably don't have Disney World at all. That's that's obviously true. Um, yeah. And again, this isn't me saying I believe in this. This is just conspiracists uh, conspiring and suggesting. So I'm just the messenger, so don't shoot the messenger here, please. But uh, this is just what I found online through various sites. Um, you know, Club 33 sits in the Royal Street in New Orleans Square. Uh, at Disneyland. Um, the Masonic numbers 33 can be found on the front entrance and the columns. Masonic symbols of the alls uh, of time, the Masonic symbol of time, can be found on the stained glass window above the entrance, which that is a Masonic symbol. of. It's a circle with like uh, a propeller in the middle of it. That is the Masonic symbol for time, and that's found on the stained glass window. So I could see where conspiratists would say, Oh, well, look at that. that. 
33 Mason, you know, so I could see how that could be thought, you know. Uh, so, but in your research, like on the 33 degrees of masonry, 33 is the grandest of all, Yeah, right? it's apparently, so it's, you, apparently so it's you're the saying that one. Walt Disney was like the head of all of the Freemasons then? No, not the head. You know what that means? It's, it's like being an Eagle Scout. You know, oh, you, you okay. get to a point where you're just like, okay, I've topped out. No, so this is just the information I found. A lot of this I don't believe, I'll be completely honest with you, but some of it is so blatant and right in front of you that you can't deny it. Um, we'll get into that with cartoons. Uh, the Masonic uh, entrance, also depicted in Beauty and the Beast, on uh, the Masonic balcony, the balcony to the castle, attached to Beast Castle. That it, uh, it has Masonic imagery all over it as well. Matter of fact, but that castle, Aurora's castle, and Beauty and the Beast castle, do they look similar to you? Because they should. Aurora's castle and Beauty and the Beast castle? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it side by side, it's basically the same castle. And that was actually modeled after a mason, um, Mad King Ludwig. That was actually named, or excuse me, modeled after his castle. Mad King Ludwig, you know, you know what his nickname was? It's not Mad King. Well, besides that. No. <laughs> Charming. And their pick, Prince Charming and Mad King Ludwig, twins. I, I, I looked at both photos today. You put them together, they look exactly alike. Mad King Ludwig, which his nickname was Charming, and then Prince Charming, and their castles look exactly alike. But uh, anywho, so yeah, with the Beast Castle looking, you know, has the Masonic imagery on it as well. Um, there's a Masonic world clock, by the way, Dave. We just did an episode on the Matterhorn. Caddy Corner from the Matterhorn uh, can be found uh, the the world clock. That symbol I was telling you about with uh, mm-hmm. the circle with the propeller, the Masonic right. symbol, the world clock. That is also um, depicted right outside the Matterhorn. And by the way, online, I'm sure you saw this too, there were ID cards that were made of individuals who were part of the Masonic Club, the Club 33. And it says it right there, Disneyland, Masonic Club 33. There are postcards with Disney, with his own stamp on it, the Disney stamp, and uh, um, postcards being mailed to Marceline. It was stamped to Marceline, Missouri. And in the corner it says, Club 33 Masonic Club, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, are these artifacts that are being created, uh, you know, or are these legit artifacts? I have never seen them anywhere. Um, I don't know if you would, though. But uh, all, all, of the, all of these artifacts, though, Dave, could be just made up, you know, because when I tried to fact check all this stuff and find it somewhere else and where they got the resource from, no one listed their sites. And as right. teachers, you have to cite your work. And uh, I couldn't find any cited information. So, like, right off the bat, like, you just have to dismiss 50 or more percent of that information. You're just like, okay, the, the validity of that just went down. Yeah, and I'm still wondering what makes this this organization a dark organization because so far the only organization you compare them with is the Eagle Scouts. So, right. uh, which was my whole premise on what what are they all about, and, and and I haven't heard any dark come out of it yet. Well, let me let me keep going here, bud. Okay, okay. you bring up a good point. Let's see here. I was even asking myself, you know, they talk, the Masons talk about their deity. So I'm sitting here trying to research, well, who is their deity? You know, um, I couldn't find anything. They talk about God, but they also talk about Lucifer at the same time in heaven and in earth. Um, but nothing actually came out and said, this is the Masons deity. Uh, so I found that kind of interesting. Uh, it's been suggested that, uh, Freemasons, that God is their Lucifer because of the Masonic signs. I don't know how you make that connection. I don't know. Is it a symbol? 
Yeah, because of their symbols, apparently. And you'll find this a lot in Disney cartoons. This symbol as well. It is all over their cartoons. I love you? No, no. The the, the horns. That's, throwing up the horns. That's the symbol for I love you. <laughs> I love you and no, Satan are the same No, symbol. dude. Throwing up the horns? Or if you go to and Texas University, I guess it's hook em that's horns. That's this. Yeah. That's this. Okay. okay. This is I love you. Right. This is the horns. Like throwing up the, the horns for Texas. So this, movement of your thumb. okay, this is the symbol for Satan, apparently, from what I've learned. You see that? That's very prevalent in all of Disney cartoons. All the characters from the very beginning are found doing this all the time in their in their cartoons. Specifically this. So for the people on the podcast that can't can't see you, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm putting, okay, I'm putting my index finger, middle finger, my thumb, and raising my pinky, or excuse me, raising my pinky and my index finger up. They, they understand what's going on here. But, okay. uh, so, anywho, so, so apparently that's the Masonic symbol, or, or the symbol for, for Satan. Um, there's a sign in Tomorrowland, at the entrance of Tomorrowland, actually, that, on the right side, that says, Sleepless Nights, and it's spelled K-N, you know, I-G- HTS and under it you can see the Knights Templar symbols so I, I thought that was kind of interesting um, on the same side on the left side uh, is, an, is an X shape and it has three X's on it so just XXX I again think that's just a coincidence but conspirators might say oh XXX you know hmm. sexual theme going on there my opinion I think it's just art and they put three x's together why can't it be just that so let's look at cartoons then let's look at the masonic and illuminati symbols in the cartoons um personally uh i personally recognized the other morning when i was watching beauty and the beast with my son after i did this information and i knew about masonic symbols and imagery and things like that uh then i actually started seeing things and and especially in beauty and the beast but again, that's probably just me, my brain matrixing this stuff because I already know what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a little bit of information about the Masons and so therefore my brain is just matrixing this stuff. You it's know? like so when that's... you go outside and you look up at the sky and you look at the clouds that are just clouds and you say, and someone says, oh, look, there's a turtle over there. And then all of a sudden you see a turtle. Yeah, exactly. And, and everyone sees a turtle. But in Beauty and the Beast, when Gaston raises his rifle to shoot at the birds – what formation do birds fly in, Dave? Triangle? <laughs> no. Well, two know. sides of a triangle. A what v, formation? Yeah. <laughs> a V. In Beauty and the Beast, they're flying in an M. And, okay. and I didn't catch that. Unless until... you're looking at them the other way, it might be a W. Yeah, if you, if you, for Walt, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anywho, I just that caught my eye too. I'm like, huh. They're flying in an M. Okay, so that's the, the Masonic M, I guess, uh, which is also found in Three Little Pigs in the, uh, the brick house. There's an M on the, the pig's uh, picture hanging up. Right. And, you know, the little uh, hot dog link or whatever, and it says father. Yeah. Well, the hot dog's links form an M if you look at it. Um, that's what I some... wonder if that has anything to do with the Imagineers and how, you know, they're not allowed to sign their work. Exactly, and we're going to get has into that. They do other their, things. Yeah. They I do wonder other if that's things. involved with that. One cool thing about signing your work, you know, in the Jungle Cruise, did you know there's a hidden Mickey, a hidden Goofy, and a hidden Donald? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's how the Imagineers signed their artwork there. I'm not going to tell you where it's at. Just go find it. Um, so, yeah, I think at first this was just my brain matrixing this stuff. I have to honestly say uh, this isn't my information. I'm, I'm not saying I believe in this, but uh, this is just what's suggested by conspirators. By the uh, way, I'm saying I don't believe in it if you haven't picked yeah, that up. I don't either. No, no, no. I'll be completely honest. This is my opinion. I don't. I don't believe in this. But there are some darker sides to Disney, like I said, that are so blatant you can't deny it. All right? We're go- we just have a couple more pages of notes until I get there. We talked about Mad King uh, Ludwig II from Bulgaria. Uh, he was also deemed charming. That's that's who he was called, charming Mad King uh, from Bulgaria. And he looks just like Prince Charming. His castles are exactly the same. Mad King Ludwig, Ludwig was also uh, a mason as well, just to give you a heads up. Um, so even if you – matter of fact, if you look at the ballroom in Beauty and the Beast, Dave – that is modeled exactly after the Mad King from Ludwig, or Mad King Ludwig from Bavaria, hmm. which I think was interesting. That was just kind of cool for me. Um, let's see here. We talked about the Mad King of Bavaria and Beauty and the Beast. Um, oh, in one of Disney's cartoons featuring Uncle Scrooge, he's at the doctor's office, and in the background there's one of those eye charts, you know, where you test your eyes, you know, right. your eyesight, I should say. And it, it spells out on line one, it says A, on line two, S-K-A, on line three, B-O-U-T, on line four, I-L-L-U-M, and on line five, I-N-A-T-I. You know what that spells? Illuminati. It says ask about Illuminati. And that's on the back of the wall. In, in the doctor's office in this Uncle Scrooge episode. Right. Why would that be there? No idea. But it's nuts, right? It's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. why would uh, an, an animator put Ask Illuminati on the eye chart? No idea. <laughs> I, I don't know either. So that was strange to me. I don't know why uh, someone would do that. Um, in the Winnie the Pooh cover, uh, the trees itself that come over the characters, if you look at it, the way uh, the leaves are, are shaped, it forms what you would matrix again, just like if you're looking at clouds and you see a turtle. Uh, but this is kind of symmetrical, though. So there you go. Uh, an entity with horns. And you remember that one. When that came out, we all saw that. Right. Right. So anywho, that – anywho. So I think our brains are either matrixing that or it was put there on purpose. Who knows? Um, let's see here. So Disney characters that are throwing up the horns just like this. Remember, this means I love you, right? Right. This is go horns, you know, Texas Longhorns. This, my friends, is the the universal symbol for Satan. Um, so they say. <laughs> uh, so let's look at the Disney cartoons. Here are a list of characters that I found that are found throughout all of their cartoon, the whole entire cartoon, doing this throughout the whole cartoon, right? Um, now, I stopped after a while because it was just way too many characters. You have Maleficent. She's found doing this throughout the whole cartoon. The Fairy Godmother. Gus the Mouse in Cinderella. Uh, the King's Advisor in Cinderella. Uh, the King himself. Uh, the Evil Stepsisters. Cinderella herself. The Evil Stepmom. 
the orchestra director in Cinderella, Snow White, Captain Hook, Mr. Smee, uh, John and Peter Pan, the three twins in Beauty and the Beast, the Beast himself, Robin Hood, the lion from Robin Hood, the tax collector in Robin Hood, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter, sorry Mad Hatter chatter, uh, you're prob- I know you're listening so I apologize, uh, the Mad Hatter guy, um, see here twiddle d and twiddle dumb the, the twins the identical twins the evil queen in alice in wonderland um the mad hatter does it especially a lot just to give you a heads up uh sleeping beauty the fairies in sleeping beauty um the kings in, in sleeping beauty all the kingsmen i should say um the genie um mulan jasmine uh the family ghost in mulan the old grandmother in mulan um Phil from Hercules, uh, Hades, uh, the father in Tarzan, um, Milo from Atlantis, uh, let's see here, there, it's just all over the place, you know, and even in, in, in Atlantis, the movie Atlantis, uh, there's a lot of, some suggest when Milo's opening up the door, the doorknob is red, and he's actually opening up the door like this. So the the apple and the tree of life, who knows? A lot of people put that stuff together, uh, saying that that was very symbolic and that was a lot of imagery. But it was like a gold or a brown door. And then why would the doorknob be red? Nothing in the uh, nothing around that door was red, except for the doorknob. So when he just happens to be opening the doorknob, throwing up the horns. So I don't know. Um, I think it's just it is what it is. Um, it's so, children's cartoon. <laughs> see, right. So there are a lot of characters in Disney cartoons that are throwing up uh, the satanic sign. Apparently, that's the universal satanic sign. I would love to ask an animator, Dave. You know how um, dancers, when they want you to look at their feet, what color socks do they wear typically if they're wearing black, all black? I have no idea, well, man. White. Michael Jackson did it. Um, a lot of your dancers do it because they want you to see the feet just tapping away and going all over the place. I wonder, I want to ask an animator, when they throw up the horns like this, when the characters throw up their fingers like this, is that a way to just see the fingers during the movement? You know, I started to think about that. I'm like, because the movement has to be so fluid when they're walking, if they have their fingers together all the time, then it would look like just a stiff board, right? Yeah, I, I don't I'm just a junior that, I don't animator. Know that walks, I don't know anybody that walks either way. Like, well, you know that, what you I'm know, saying. Like just fingers when down, work fingers arms, flat. Yeah. Do they do something with them, right? Right. Do they do they put it up like this on purpose, just so you can see the fingers? I think maybe so. I don't think that all the Disney cartoons, all these characters are throwing up uh, the universal symbol for Satan. I just have a hard time believing that. That would mean a group of animators, starting from the old animators, uh, the Gen Xers, all the way now to the Millennials, that they all have to be in cahoots with each other. And one thing we know, generation gaps, generations do not get along with one another. You know, they have different ideals, different ideas. Come on now, okay? Um, So, anywho. So, one thing I do want to talk about and get into now is coitus. S-E-X. Hold on. Hey, before you do that, can I just say that while you were talking about the Freemasons, I looked up a list? Yeah. Okay, so famous Freemasons. Ben Franklin, John Hancock, Oh, Paul yeah, Revere. our founding fathers, dude. We're all Masons. Yeah, um, Davy Crockett, uh, 
Daniel Boone, Lewis and Clark, Burl Ives. Periscope um, listeners, by the way, keep those comments coming and questions. I do want to see them. Henry Ford, Arnold Palmer, J.C. Penny. Just a ton. Mark Twain, Rudler Kipling. Tons. Tons of them. Buzz Aldrin, second man yeah. to walk on the moon. So let's talk about, uh, if you're just joining us on Periscope, this is the Mousecapades podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Keep those comments and keep those uh, those questions coming. Walk, uh, walk on my mouse ears. Uh, I'm glad you joined us. We're talking about the darker side of Disney. And we're just getting into a new segment of this, uh, Coitus, S-E-X, in Disney, and where that's found. And why is it in there? A lot of this, though, is there. This is the section where I can say all the other stuff I've talked about so far, Dave, I have a hard time believing. Okay? You can just hey, What toss... is coitus? I have no idea what that even is. It means intercourse. Oh, okay. You're a teacher. Come on. No, I teach We teach. Grade. We <laughs> teach sex education, dude. <laughs> we, te- we teach puberty. Well, yeah. That's right. So, anywho. Um, so, this stuff, though, is undeniable. Or you can't... Un- you, you can't you can't just hide it. It's there. You can't sweep it underneath the rug. And I don't know why Disney put it in there. So in Peter Pan, when he's dancing and he has his knife strapped to his side and he's kicking his legs up from side to side and rotating back and forth and he's in his shadows doing the exact same thing on the wall, every time he spreads his, his feet apart, where do you think that knife is positioned? The shadow on the wall. In no between idea. his legs. Every single time. If you have something strapped to your side and you're shuffling your legs side to side, that's not going to move to in between your legs, people. So why did Disney do that? Why did Disney purposely put the shadow where this, the shadow of the knife is hanging in between Peter Pan's legs? And it's dangling there. So that was something that's undeniable. You can't deny that. That's there. So that kind of disappointed me. Um, and Monsters, Inc. At the very end of the movie. Did you look at this, Dave? I told you to look at it. The end of Monsters, Inc.? Yeah, the end of Monsters, Inc., when the door uh, is broken up and Sully and Mike Wazowski have to fix the door and they have to, you know, they enter into Boo's room so they can get there. Hey, thanks for joining, by the way. Um, When the door is opened, you can see a picture that was done by a child, and I don't know if it's done by Boo or not, but uh, next to the door, there's a picture that says Uncle Roger, and it has... A character drawn in crayon that's standing up, holding on to a woman, and on bottom it says Mommy, and you see the stick figure of Mommy bending over with two loops at her chest area hanging down. So that was disturbing to me as well. Like, why is that there? Yeah, I mean, it's there for like three frames. It's kind of strange to be put in there, but... And it's clearly what you think it is. And you have to be looking for it. So that kind of disappointed me. Um... And the movie Tangled, uh, on the front cover of some of them, it depends what, what platform you have it on, uh, tang- her hair, Rapunzel's hair is wrapped around the other character, and her hair forms the letters S, E, and X, okay? That could be a mistake, by far, could be a mistake, um, but it's very defiant. I mean, excuse me, it's very, it's defined, I should say. You can see it clearly. Even without knowing that it's there, you can see it there. So that that kind of was I was like, why is Disney doing this again? You know, uh, the rescues down under. Here's one that they cannot deny whatsoever. When they're flying through the, the mice are flying through the city, 
and everyone knows about this one because re- they had to redo this one and put out a new copy. Disney had to when I say they. Uh, there's an actual picture, not a cartoon image, an actual picture of a woman that is naked inside one of the, the apartments and the window's completely open. That's in the rescuers down under. So why would the animators do that? These are children cartoons, man. This is this is what my kid watches. This is what your kid watches. And again, if you're just joining, I'm not bashing Disney at all. I uh, I have all the Disney cartoons, all of them, every single one. And my my son and I watch one, a different one, every other night. You know, so we watch this stuff. My kid's not gonna pick up on any of this, but uh, a lot of people suggest that this is just subliminal, and eventually your kids will pick up on it. I don't know, man. I don't know why they put a naked picture uh, in the rescues down under, but that's just another example. Dave, what do you think? I have no idea. I mean, the only thing I could think is that they're, you know, you're a grown man or woman, and you, uh, your your whole career is based on making stuff for children, and sometimes you just want to revolt. That's the only thing I can even think of. And you bring up a good point. We're going to talk about that with Michael Eisner. Um, the Lion King. We know this uh, for you all listening. We know in the movie The Lion King, S-E-X is spelt out all over the place. And images of private areas with boulders and rocks are all over the place as well. Uh, but we definitely see this with Mufasa, who, uh, you know, he's tired and he just falls down on top of the rock at the cliffside. And the dust comes spewing up into the skies where the stars are. And it forms the letters S, E, and X. Now, the animator said, no, that really forms S, F, X. For the word special effects but again I think that was a, this is my opinion I say that was a clever cover up because it's you can't deny it. it it does say SEX so I was kind of disappointed in there uh, also in the jungle all over the place now this could be where your mind's matrixing because you see what you want to see but it does seem to be that the letters SEX from all the tree plants and twigs and everything are formed all over in the jungle. And once they're pointed out to you, you can see it. So I think maybe that's our brain just matrixing. Um, let's move on here. Keep those comments and questions coming on, listeners. I see we still have a couple listening right now, so keep those going. Um, also in The Lion King – oh, I just talked about that. Um, the Beauty and the Beast. You know, when Beast is in his castle and Belle uh, confronts him into the West Wing, he's over by the window where the rose is held, Dave, and it's cold inside because the window's open, and you, you, you see uh, uh, the Beast breathing, and we know when the Beast is, uh, when anyone breathes out in cold air, your, your breath is exposed. Well, when the, when the Beast uh, is breathing, the letters X, E, and X form out of his breath. Uh, so and also in the movie Frozen, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, in the movie Frozen, when Elsa is doing her little magic in the snow, and she's you know she's like shooting her magic into the snow and they're forming things. When the when the snow uh, ripples in the wind, um, on her right side, just like in The Lion King, where the dust formed S E X, the snow forms the letters S E and X, and that's something they can't deny either. Now, for you just coming in again, a lot of the stuff has been dismissed, and I and I don't believe in, in half the stuff uh, that I found through research this week. But some of the stuff just Disney cannot deny. Um, let's see here. Talked about that. Uh, that's Dave. That's really all I got as far as the darker side of Disney to give you a heads up. 
Okay. Yeah. Don't uh, sound too exciting. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm, t- I'm telling you, dude. I have. Uh, I I watched a lot of the videos and the information that you sent me, and and I don't give it two cents. No, I I completely agree with you, buddy. Um. And uh, I, I have to dismiss about seventy-five percent of it. The other stuff that I can't dismiss is the letters that are formed and the shapes that are formed in the cartoons. I mean, The Little Mermaid's Castle. <laughs> Enough said. You know what's standing right in front of you. And the excuse from Disney was, oh, we were on a time crunch in creating picture art uh, for, for the front cover for the release. And it was due to release within like a day or something like that. I know that's punchable because... I've done research on this before because this is something I've wanted to do is create cover art, uh, cover art for Disney. Dude, they create cover art months and months, six plus months before the movie releases and everyone brings their ideas to the table and they choose one. So that whole trying to create cover art the night before is a bunch of bull. Bunch of bull. Yeah, you would think that that would be one of the first things they do to kind of get the image in people's minds. And the priest uh, in uh, Little Mermaid. When he's marrying Eric and Ariel, what do you see down below? You know, you see a bulge. And uh, the, the official word from Disney was, oh, it was the priest's knee. Well, the priest is leaning backwards, and your legs are locked when you're leaning backwards. <laughs> so, I don't know. Some of this you can't deny. But, uh, anywho, that's all I got for you uh, as far as the darker side of Disney. So, listeners, stay tuned next week. We're going to take you on a ride. And it uh, could be in the Magic Kingdom. It could be in Disneyland. We just don't know. Uh, we'll surprise you. And uh, stay tuned next week. Don't forget to text us. You know, shoot us your comments, your questions at 407-674-0414. Or you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, us, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Mousecapades Pod, and now we're hooked up on Periscope, so don't forget to follow us live when you get that alert on your phone to watch our podcast live. That's all for today, folks. We're out. Peace. Have a magical day. Awesome. Right. Hey, thanks, Karen. We appreciate it. Any uh, comments or questions, Karen, from, from our show today? No, I guess we don't have any comments or questions, so we're going to go ahead and, and uh, oh, I need to rewatch since I came in at the end. Okay, awesome. You can also follow us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Addict, or you can go ahead and just hit our actual feed online, and that's going to be found at mousecapadespodcast.podbean.com. Go ahead and, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Karen. We really do appreciate it. Go ahead and follow us. And, uh, hey, Karen, I just want to say have a magical day.